Ta'ala Falava. I am Sam Porfua of Ta'ala Mordavanoa. Uh, you are listening to Pod 49. Hello and welcome to Pod 49, a conversation show about Lodge 49. Of course, one of the best shows to ever grace the television airwaves. I am here with my co-hosts, Jim and Bart, and we are here to recap a glorious, magical weekend in the kingdom of Long Beach, where we did a Celebrate Lodge 49 panel. How are you doing this evening, Bart and Jim? Great. Great, great. Fantastic. All right. So, it strangely enough, is almost, well, it's... Almost two weeks. It's a day short of two weeks since we all boarded uh, airplanes and headed from our Brooklyn homes to Long Beach for what ended up being a a crazy, successful, kind of wild, almost surreal, and then incredibly, um, you know, mundane in all of the best ways uh, weekend (laughs) in Long Beach. Uh, You know, we like to start with hot takes. Who's got some hot takes from, from the weekend? I don't know. Jim, you go. Shit. Hot potato. See, that's why I wanted to do a uh, outline in advance. I forgot about hot takes. Um, all right. Hot take was that, you know, all those actors and uh, creatives we met were really fun and nice people and glad we got to spend some time with them. Yeah, that really is true, right? We had... And we'll go through this a little bit more. You probably know if you're listening here by now anyway. Uh, and here's a plug. If you haven't listened to the two episodes of the panel, go back and listen to our last two episodes and listen to the full panel. But we had a lot of – we had eight total creatives, actors, and behind-the-scenes folks. And then we even had more in the audience. So that, that's true. It was it was uh, super cool to hang out with the people that actually made the show. Uh, my, and the fans. And the fans of the show as well. Yeah, the fans, of course. We'll get to the fans. Um, my hot take was that I can't really think of a more perfect weekend for what it was supposed to be and and in a celebration of the actual show, right? We, we, we nerded out and went deep on the different ways that the show is made and what went into it, both like kind of on mic and off mic. We, we hung out with friends. We hung out together. We, we drank libations and we ate good food and we, we lived a merry lifestyle for two days. Uh, we stayed out of relative trouble and got into enough of the good kind of trouble. We had sort of hallucinatory moments on California highways. It was a, you know, from that standpoint, it really couldn't have gone much better. That's my hot take. Bart? Yeah, I mean, well, to continue on that thought, I mean, I would say this, that uh, I can be kind of critical when I go out of town of, of like, what are, what and where I'm eating, and it's a very minor thing, but I really, one of the things I really enjoyed about the weekend was uh, what we ate, you know, um, and of course, I think that has a lot to do with our buddy Matt Army meeting up with us and being able to take us around. Um, but there was a sense I got as someone who owns a restaurant that like a lot of the places around sort of knew what they were doing. It was, um, I mean, I didn't have any preconceived notions of, uh, Long Beach. And then I got there and when we went to eat at places, I just kind of got a good feeling that like, um, a lot of the places really knew what they were doing and in a very unpretentious way. And the food surprised me, and I was very, very psyched about that because I'm always happy when I'm eating happy, 
And um, it can sometimes be very disappointing, especially when you're kind of coming in. I was kind of expecting it to be sort of disappointing, to be honest, where you don't know exactly where to go and you just kind of choose a place that's close to the strip or something. And it's ultimately very mediocre or something like that. It it, it felt to me like, um, I don't know exactly how to put my finger on it, but like, you know, I don't know. There's like a second city nature to it, similar to like Brooklyn, where there's a lot of people there that have been there for a long time. You may not have heard of it, but like the place has been existing for a long time and they sort of know what they're doing. And in that regard, I really had, and that's just a very minor, small note, uh, side note um, for me, but at the same time, sort of an important one. And I really enjoyed the food of Long Beach, especially the tacos. I was very excited yeah. to get tacos out there, and they did not disappoint. And um, we ate there twice. Um, what was it? Not Del Taco, but um, what was the name of the taco place that Matt took No, it to? was not a fast food place. It was. Uh... Well, they have a couple locations. It's definitely a chain, a small chain. Oh, yeah. What? Okay. Did you go again after you um, left me or something? We did. Oh, yeah. Okay. We, we yeah, finished we went there. a second time. We started there and finished there. Um, and it was should, we should ask perfect. Matt. But yeah, and they were very cheap as well. Yeah, how do we yeah. not remember this? Uh, Taco Mojito? What was it called? Uh, Taco Loco? No. 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 It's like, no. Uh, oh, I'm so embarrassed right now. Um, it was something like that. It was... Uh, the weekend was so magical yeah, we'll that come back to that. We'll come memory. back to that. We'll come back to that, yeah. We had breakfast on a barge, and we had yes. hot dog sandwiches. Hot dog sandwiches at Joe Jost's. They were all... Every meal we had was great. <clears throat> like, Even, memorable yeah. and great. Even the one that was supposed to be mediocre by design, the 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 odd Dubliner, whatever you say that word, the yeah. A word, old, was like a oh, yeah. totally passable well, meal. Yeah, yeah. Those French dips were great, right? I mean, I didn't yeah. eat that, but I had, what it, did I get? What I had was great. And that that's kind of when it stuck to me. I was like, because I was expecting it to be not that great, but like sort of, um, and it was, <laughs> I hate to go so deep into this, but like, after that day, because we started off and, like, I grabbed a small breakfast and then we went and did the whole uh, thing all day. And then I think not just me, but, like, everybody was pretty starving when it was kind of all said and done. And so then we went to, like, the it was, like, a bar that was – it seemed like a pub that was, like, a bar more, lots of sports on the TVs and, like um, – and then very pubby kind of food. But they – I don't know. They had a better – grasp on it and um i i mean i don't know maybe sometimes when i'm expecting to be a little disappointed i'm more rewarded but like i was so pleasantly surprised with how good i thought the food was and because I, I was starving too and that's usually when i'm like the most like um viciously uh, uh you know defensive about like what f- food is supposed to be or something Anyway, uh, but I thought it was great, and uh, and I yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know, having grown up in Southern California, I never really spent much time in Long Beach. We kind of drove through it sometimes on the way to Orange County or San Diego, and um, so it was my first time getting to really experience experience what Long Beach was like. And, it, and it's changed a lot too, I believe, like since I was a kid. Anyway, but. Um, yeah, it was kind of strange being, you know, and just in the, uh, yeah, if Matt hadn't been there, we would have maybe been just restricted to that kind of uh, downtown, 
yeah, convention zone, which is always a strange place to be in any city. And you don't really see what the actual city is like. So it was good that we were able to get out and about in the neighborhoods and, and see some different types of, of yeah, my, my restaurants big, and other places. My big food regret was actually that uh, one, of, one of our super fans who was just a ginormous help throughout the course of the weekend was Claire. And Claire had sort of a brilliant touch of bringing two boxes of local donuts to the panel. And it was a great visual. It was a great bit. It was great for nourishment. You know, a bunch of people ate them. We'd pass them around the audience. So uh, it definitely kind of helped with the culture of the of the panel. But I never ate a donut. I never had one. I didn't eat it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> That's my big food regret. I had one. You did? I, yeah. yeah, I grabbed one. But in between the two halves of the panel, I was like, I got to get one of those. <laughs> yeah, I did good. not. So I saved, that's my food regret. I didn't take yeah, one. I saved you. it for the panel. I felt like, uh, you know, they needed it. They had it coming. The the funny thing is we there ran a lot left. We ran long in whatever I don't know, like yeah, cost yeah. cosplay ballet or whatever that was coming in after us. Uh, <laughs> we we had to get out of there so fast. I think we just left like you know yeah, like smashed donuts <laughs> up on the panel. <laughs> All's fair in love and, uh, you know, panels. <laughs> I think it was fine. Love, love and cosplay. Yeah. So one thing, I don't know if it was clear. I don't, so I haven't listened to the second of our um, podcast episodes about the panel or, you know, the, just of the, of the panel. Not but you lived it. So I, I'm assuming, you, I'm assuming you, you didn't mention the intro there, but, like, I don't know if people could tell what was going on, that there was a super loud guy in the room next door <laughs> who was yelling... And shouting, like, and Vic in the first half made a couple of references, like, oh, what that guy said, um, which was kind of funny, but also sort of like, all right, uh, <laughs> I hope this doesn't, but it, it's what hearing that um, first episode is like, oh, yeah, you can't, you can't really hear it, so it's fine. Like, it didn't, it didn't uh, disturb our conversation as much as, like, live you thought it might end up doing. Yeah, luckily, uh, technology worked in our favor in that one. You know, like you know, you, you always you're always worried about that it's going to pick up the siren outside your window or something like that. But it 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 didn't. It was very distracting during the recording of it, I think. But it definitely did not come across. I mean, I I I've listened to both, and I didn't hear any of that other room, even though the day of, yeah, <clears throat> it was very present. It was definitely so, annoying in the room. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I lo- that's a great point, Jim. You hear it. You hear what is on the podcast. You hear it a little bit. It's like a faint Charlie Brown adult voice sometimes in the background. <laughs> but but um, uh, you do hear everyone commenting on it, but you don't really know what anyone's talking about. So it's like, you, know, like, you hear a lot of yeah. complaining about the the noise. But if you're listening on the podcast, you're like, I don't, you know, like, what, what are you talking, talking about? about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so just got word from Matt. That taco place was Ole Mole. Ole Mole. Ole Mole. That's right. Yeah, I knew there was an M involved. I knew it was like some sort of, uh, I don't know, like a pun or something, you know, and uh, yeah. I just couldn't remember what it was. But not to detract from that, but it, because it was great. I love that place. It was very good. Uh, my other hot take was that uh, I got much better nights of sleep than you would expect from being in a hotel room with three other people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was... It was was four dudes push you know in and around the age of fifty you know in like a hotel so that you know that gets interesting more interesting with each passing year but yeah everything every you know wasn't too gross it was all fine it all worked out yeah I thought it was very tame we were asleep I think by like 
two every night or something, which is pretty early for what I was kind of expecting. At the, the first night we were the first night we were later than two. Was it? Yeah. All right. Yeah, uh, we were jet lagged too, or whatever. I, it, yeah. the time was kind of weird. Um, the whole weekend after the Saturday with the panel and all that, and plus, you know, listen, we were we were not choir boys, so like you know, and and we're middle aged. So on the Saturday <laughs> night, like it's yeah, we all there was like an eleven forty five. We all were turning back into pumpkins at midnight that night. But the first night, I think we were up till three or four. To be honest, I remember. Yeah, yeah. probably um, and. It, Couple of us fell asleep to watching old episodes of Cheers, Cheers. Which, uh, <laughs> which is still brilliant. But uh, let's just say the the, the social mores Didn't age of jokes on the PC slightly, very well. are slightly yeah. more different. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely some. Did they just say that moments? Um, anyways, yeah, it was wild. <laughs> um, so let's just kind of like take the weekend in chunks a little bit. So, you know, we get in, we kind of go through the taco adventure and we have a fun night. I think, you know, there, there was short, short rib poutine at some point was involved. Um, yeah, the hotel bar. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that so wasn't bad. I, I, I actually, I, w- I withheld from that. Then there was, uh, let's see. Did we have breakfast the next day? No, that was Sunday we had breakfast. Yeah. So. We'll get to the barge. Yeah, we'll get yeah, to that later. So Saturday was really the main, you know, it was our big Long Beach Comic Expo. And by the way, thank you, Chris Longo. Thanks to Long Beach Comic Expo. They were amazing hosts. It was amazing that they brought us out. They held space for this. Um, You know, but we kind of hit the expo floor. We set up our booth. What what were we in? Social Corner? What were we called? What was the... Social Square? Social Square. That's right. We were in Social Square with some other kind of... To a famous animator who we were not familiar with (laughs) and an actress from the Evil Dead TV show and another... Harley Quinn was across Who's been in a lot of... Oh, yeah, there was, like, a har- promotion of that movie. What is it called? It's called something, the Holy Quinn movie, whatever it's called. It's, I got a different title. But, I've now um, seen the trailer over 100 times. I know that. What was funny was that David Yuri was like, I was, I'm in that movie. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you didn't hear that? He's like, I'm in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> he has a small part, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> what dangerous bodily harm is going to happen to David Yuri in that movie? I can only wonder and imagine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I might have to go see it just to support David. That's right. Um, yes, you know? that's one of our that's one of our uh, Pod Forty Nine edicts is to support and check out the uh, artistic endeavors of Pod for, of a Lodge Forty Nine alumni. So there you go. Absolutely. There's one of your first your first chances <laughs> is Harley Quinn and David Urey. I think the yeah. movie looks good too. Anyway, but I'm, I'm I don't know. Kind of excited to see it. So yeah, we set up and we put up the Jeff Ritzman prints. Yeah, they um, totally the classed wall, up. And we had our, we, piles we, of them on our table. Yeah. Looking beautiful. They're really, yeah, just some amazing art. Um, and amazingly enough, we actually signed autographs. Oh, yeah. You? Someone wanted us to sign theirs, which was really uh, flattering. Yeah. Autographs <laughs> with an S or I, I think oh, it's wow. just autographs. Just, well, just one. Well, 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 we all did one, it. Those so are plural. Three of us. Yeah. Three is plural. <laughs> We're a plurality. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the podcast has one autograph out there, which I, I was very excited about. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I don't want to mislead yeah. the listeners. 
And one moment that was kind of cool was then, you know, we were just sitting around talking with fans, people that were coming over, you know, kind of, we were a little bit like the, the clubhouse connection spot. And it got to probably about an hour outside of our panel, uh, which is a little after, you know, it's kind of midday, early afternoon. And suddenly the cast and crew were joining our panel. We're like streaming into our area, you know, suddenly it was like, you know, which is, these are obviously all real people and we got to know them as people and whatever. But, you know, for that first couple seconds when you look up and there's, there's Scott, you know, or there's, you know, or there's, yeah, there's uh, all these characters, you know, there's Beth, there's, you know, uh, what is Alex Klein's name? He told it to us. Leo. (laughs) Leo. Yeah. Um, Who knew, right? That only, only, (laughs) the only way you know that is if you read the (laughs) scripts. Um, MDB. IMDB, yeah. Uh, but it was just totally weird to like looking up and like here they were, like right there. Uh, that was a kind of a funny, interesting, surreal moment for me. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I uh, like, I mean, I got totally nervous, you know, in a way. Like, I, I, I was like, oh my God, it's, it's actually happening. I, I like, you know, I knew that they were going to be there. So it wasn't a shock. But at the same time, there was a shock, you know, as just it being something you think about and then something that's in front of your face. Um, but yeah, I mean, and you got and, shots with them, and then I had shots with them, and dropped one right all over the floor as I was trying to take a picture of Scott <laughs> getting his picture taken. I have this weird oh, Eric. Uh, sorry, yeah, Eric. I have this weird like uh, fascination with people of taking, trying to take pictures of people when they're getting their pictures taken, and so I sort of quickly put it in my mouth so I could hold my phone, and then I just sort of I didn't get the picture and dropped and dropped the. $15 Jameson's all over the floor and felt like a total tool in all of about 30 seconds. But uh, it was a good icebreaker. It was a good icebreaker because everybody yeah, saw me do yeah, it. Yeah, so... And then, uh, I was like, Ugh. And the um, reason uh, Eric was getting his picture taken oh, yeah, was because was, there were all these little girls for this dance competition of some kind right. and dance moms everywhere and that he is on... Is it a Nickelodeon show? Yeah, you know, I think... It was Disney. Disney. Was it Disney? Yeah. Was it called Good Time Charlie or something like that? Something Charlie? Um, um, I can look it up on an IMDb in the, in the, in the whatever, but... but I, Yeah. I thought yeah, it was... Yeah, like they were all coming up and... Yeah, was, the dance thing was called Nova, <clears throat> and it was like a competition and a sort of like, uh, you know, expose for people to learn and that kind of thing. It was like a mix of stuff, but there was literally, we were sharing the expo space with like 10,000, 10 to 13 year old girls. Um, and they loved, loved Eric and they all, so many of them recognized him. It was, it was, yeah, that that was a really charming part for me for the whole weekend. And I, I think that's why I wanted to get a picture of it, even though it didn't work out. Um, because of course it's he's very good gracious. Luck, Charlie. As well. Good luck, Charlie. Oh, sorry. Good luck, Charlie. And he played a character named Bob. And his daughter told us at one point that the fans of that character, I believe she said, refer to themselves as the Bob Squad or something like that. <laughs> oh wow! Shout out to the Bob <laughs> so Squad serious. out there. Yeah, yeah. So he was doing double duty as you know for. Lodge 49 appearance and also um, representing with uh, this other character that has so many fans. And he, I think it was his wife because uh, 
Eric rolls deep. You know, he had he had a, a whole family entourage. So mm-hmm. I think yeah. his I think his wife told me that uh, because that show was originally produced by Disney, it was on Disney Channel. It's finding a whole second life with a new generation of fans on Disney Plus. It's like it's like yeah. a catalog show that's doing well on Disney Plus. So like so it's like there's even Baby like a Yoda new is the number one star, yeah. and then number two is Eric Allen Kramer. Yeah. Can I just tell you one quick aside about my other podcast, the Larry's Pop Pod? We did, and we've only reviewed the first half of The Mandalorian, and I just called it like something with Baby Yoda in the title for SEO. It is closing in on 2,000 plays. Wow. <laughs> I think in the history of a three-year-old podcast, the next biggest one show is like maybe 600, and that's like now like after like aggregated over like a couple years. So uh, yeah, baby Yoda is a thing. I can't. I'm, I keep saying we got to. We got to record that second one, man. We got to get that out in the market. Uh, so anyway, but yes, uh, forty nine Mandalorian podcast. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, baby Yoda. No, you got to get the ba- baby Yoda. Has got you got to optimize. Um, yeah, so he. That's right. He's the he's the uh, middle aged version of Baby Yoda for Disney Plus. Eric Allen Kramer uh, at Dance Squad competitions. Yeah, so that was definitely a cute moment. And that leads us into the panel, which I have to say, I mean, I had like kind of, I was nervous about a bunch of things, but I I was pretty happy with a recording and like that stuff went super smooth and shout out to Will, the AV guy. He was a super big help. But um, the panel was a lot of fun, I thought. Like I had, a, you know, I Mm -hmm. I like that kind of environment anyway, but like, I don't know, there was a vibe in the room, the, you know, the actors were all super great, um, you know, and the creatives, and there was just an energy and a vibe, and and the conversation kind of carried itself. What did you all think, sort of being, sort of almost, you're kind of out of body, right, because you're kind of witnessing it, and you're kind of also responsible for it at the same time? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it was great. Um, Just everyone was game for just, yeah answering any question that we had or the audience had and they all seemed to be glad to be there and talking about the show. Um, obviously, you know, seemed like everyone involved with the show, not just who was there, but other people we've talked to on the podcast as well. Like it just, you know, feels that it was a special experience and, um, has a lot of good things to say about Lodge 49. So, yeah, I mean, I'm usually nervous when I'm up in front of people and, I managed to not be that nervous, so that was good. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was very happy with, um, you know, the way yeah the way it turned out. Did you uh, uh, shoot your half a bottle of air, airline liquor, Jim, beforehand? Yeah, I did keep my little tiny bottle of, I think it was Jack <laughs> Daniels that they have on JetBlue um, that I had gotten on our flight on Friday, and I think I... Yeah, I drank the rest of that Saturday morning before the panel or early afternoon, right before the panel. Well, you were the only one behind with questions. Yeah, I was ducking down behind our booth because alcohol was not allowed in the convention area. There was a sorry, Chris. Sorry, Chris Longo. (laughs) 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 It was uh, expressly prohibited. So I just, you know, quickly. Jim hide and then I was you know Jim hiding to shoot his thimble size uh, drink of liquor. <laughs> yeah, of course up in of course up in the exhibit. I mean out of the exhibit area there was bars and and later after the panel we 
were able to uh, enjoy some drinks with the with the actors. I really was going into it beforehand. I was like, I don't know what I want to ask because I, I, I mean, from having interviewed some of the people for the podcast, I knew that like you can have like the greatest laid plans don't always work out. So like when it comes to that sort of situation, you know, I feel like you, you know, you, you can have some in the reserve canon to ask, but it's just going to kind of flow the way it's going to go. So in like, you know, it seemed to me that like once all you had to do was kind of get the ball rolling a small bit and then they took it from there. So I felt very much in the backseat in a very positive and, um, enjoyable way. Like I, I felt like I was there, but everybody else was sort of doing the work, um, you know, because it's, it's already, I don't know, they're so well-versed in that kind of thing. So I don't know. It was, it was, it was very pleasant for me. I kind of like felt like I was more like watching it than guiding it, I guess, in a sense. And that's, uh, always pleasant. And, um, it was also a lot of fun to like hear them talk and let them have their say about, uh, this, you know, I don't know, like their perspective from, you know, just, I don't know. It, it was very, I don't know what's the word I want to use, but like, um, I don't know. It just felt sort of cathartic to kind of like hear them all give their stories and I could just take a back seat and let them do their thing, even though it was like for the podcast, even though it's for the show, I guess. But like, it just sort of felt like a lot of my anxieties going into it were sort of mellowed as soon as it started. And that was nice. And there was some really good ad-libbing, uh, a lot of busting of each other's chops. You had, like, Eric, you know, from the audience asking Vic when he was going to pay him back his money. And, um, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of playful teasing that they are, you know, they obviously all have a uh, solid rapport. Yeah, they, they definitely have a rapport. That's one thing I noticed immediately. Even immediately when we they just started to kind of uh, – arrive and kind of gather together in like the hour beforehand and then afterwards i mean you guys to a large degree and hanging out with a bunch of them and a bunch of them came out and hung out at the at the fan gathering etc cetera, etc cetera. but they definitely had a collegiality like you, you could tell that they were friendships i don't know if maybe that's the ones that are local they run together a little bit or what but um, well, two of them you can feel that energy yeah right two of them are married married couple <laughs> they have a rapport they definitely have a rapport I hope so. I hope so. Uh, no, it, it was great. And um, one thing I would say, I was thinking about this as like a hot take, but I, I don't know. It it's not really a hot take. Um, now that we've been criticized on our hot takes, I am right. We never do hot takes. Self conscious about right? yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but one of the things I kind of um, stuck with me, I think, was 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 how much like in some ways. Um, that like as much as we love the show, you know the actors love being on the show, and so for as much as we were so kind of like crushed or disappointed that it ended, is like probably like ten times for them, ten times the amount for them because mm-hmm. it was such a great gig, and then the idea that that gig could have gone on longer, but it was kind of like taken away from them from on high. Uh, really kind of struck me, you know, like they became, 
you know, like I thought it was kind of surreal to kind of like be right next to them and talk to them and all that kind of stuff because I've been watching the show and it's just, you know, that fourth wall stuff was broken. But at the same time, um, they really did become like real human beings to me that I saw like having this great gig that was like kind of yanked on from underneath them, you know, and um, that was uh, that was very moving to me, you know, like it. it I don't know, like I, I know that uh, Beth brought up the term. Um, I'm sorry, Britt brought up the term. Uh, I, I gotta, I gotta stop doing that. I thought I was gonna get over that now that I met them in person, but, um, like Britt brought up the term, uh, lodgy and that whole thing felt very lodgy to me. They, they, they really seemed like human beings and who, you know, they are, they, they're, they're, this, they're human beings. That's confirmed. <laughs> they are in fact human beings. <laughs> that is confirmed. Uh, well, maybe not Vix a high. Yes, and since he's not listening, we can say that. And get yeah, away he doesn't it. listen, so we're allowed to say that. You know what? Fuck that guy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he was great. We love you, Vic. I, we Even love though you're Vic. not listening, and you'll never hear that. You'll never listen to this podcast, <laughs> and so we can. Get. But um, yeah, I don't know that 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 kind of like hit home. Just like anybody who, I don't know, loses a job. I guess you know, like it was. Uh, it became very real, and uh, added a layer of depth to. Um, the, like, you know, art imitating life, you know? I mean, like, in a way, the, you know, the show is about, like, economic hardships and the end of, or hopefully the end of capitalism and that kind of thing. And uh, I don't know, you just sort of, it, it just kind of, like, hit home a little bit uh, like when you meet those people and they are in a, you know, similar boat as the characters to some degree. I mean, I, I, I don't know. That's 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 not right to say because it's not like no, never people have other stuff going on, right? Yeah. Of course, of yeah. course, of course. But it's just like when you have, I think, you know, like people who work at Orbis, like they had something going and they're very excited to kind of keep it going. And it, it, it you know, maybe they'll, I, I don't know. I, I'm probably going too far on that, but at the same time. There was a piece of that that like kind of struck me a little bit that how much it kind of reflected the show a little bit because ultimately these things are out of your own out of your control. Ultimately, they're just workaday actors or or directors or you know you know a- Andrew Carroll. This is his first job scoring anything. You know, I think he was mostly just a musician songwriter and guy plays in bands before that. And you know, we had Susan and Jennifer on the editing team there. So you know, you really you you got a sense that this is a job, right? And and it's a job that like you know sometimes is your your contract is three months or a year or up after eighteen months or whatever. So you know for they're out they're back on the pavement it's a grind right so i thought that which i'd agree like there's a total theme of the show in many different ways you could even kind of slice and dice it you know this these are people that were laid off these are people that have to hustle these are people that it, it gets them down it's a sort of a blue collar work a day men, a mentality two steps forward one step back type of thing so i think you definitely i agree you definitely kind of felt that there was that energy and of course it was punctuated by you know a very emotional moment when when eric allen kramer you know got a bit broken up thinking about kind of answering this question about what was lodgy and just i think the sense of community and place that he had on the set and on the working on the show and i think a connection to the character um I, I, you could definitely, I mean, here's a guy who you go check his IMDb out. This guy's been working, you know, steadily on and off since the mid 80s, probably right. Mid late 80s. So, you know, this is a 
this is a career. This is it with lots of ups and downs. And I think you definitely felt that. And and when he, you know, when he got emotional, it was it was definitely a moment. I mean, our first panel was very in a great way, very jokey. It was Vic and Beth and, and Britt interplay. And of course, David and then Alex has a whole bit, you know, about the guy who plays four roles. So like it had like a real comic energy. And, you know, the second one was a little bit more, had a little bit more emotional depth. And Eric really set the tone when he, when he got, when he got emotional. And it was, I don't, you know, like, I, I didn't expect us to even get in the same hemisphere as a kind of authentic real moment that that produced. So that was kind yeah. of a wow moment for me. And then you went over and hugged him. And, that was, <laughs> uh, you know, everyone loved that. Us bears got to stick together, Jim. <laughs> yeah, I was very jealous of that. that- like, yeah. oh, I, sh- I should have done that, you know. I don't know. Uh, yeah. It, I hugged him later. It was very moving. <laughs> I hugged him first. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was uh it was it was definitely a bit of a bit of a wow moment. So the the panel, you you've all heard it, hopefully. If not, go back and listen to it. We really were just tickled in every way how it came off from from the the quality of the conversation, the participation of the people, and even just the level of sound quality we were able to get capture and bring to you all. Um, and then, you know, we kind of, you guys drank with the cast a little bit. Any good stories from that part? Uh, I mean, Stay, stays in Long Beach. <laughs> 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 we'll always have the convention center lobby bar. I was I was convetching with them about like uh, you know running a small business and they were kind of convetching about like being a workaday actor and I, you know there was a connection that way I think and I mean I think that's also and like coming on the heels of Eric's um, you know gushing about the show in a way that was uh, you know I, I to me that's what sort of sank in that it's like uh, you know it's hard to give up a gem you know a friend of mine said that to me one time. And, reference to something else and I was thinking about it the whole weekend you know and like it's it, it is hard to give up a gem you know like when there's something good right in front of you and it's kind of like taken away and I, I don't know like uh but yeah I mean and oh one regret I do have is that we could have done a pick and climb moment with the giving away of all the merch um mm. swag like um we have a we, well, we used to have, you know, years ago, we used to have a Christmas party where we do pick and climb was what we called it. And um, it's basically a pink elephant uh, gift party where Chris would sort of MC it and then, you know, have people come up and get their gifts and then open it up in front of everybody. And, um, yeah, that was one thing I was thinking that, like, in retrospect, that maybe we could have done with the, like, the um, handing out of the like lotto tickets for the merch or whatever. Um, little roasting, little roasting. Yeah, yeah no. I didn't or think about it at the like, time, but ever since you said it, I have now it's one of my regrets. Right, yeah. <laughs> it would have been very fun if we had done, taken that moment in the bar with everybody. Um, but at the same time... And just like, to backtrack, yeah. I do I do think, just, like a lot of people, like like us, I, I was pretty exhausted at that point. And I was just like, oh, I'm so hungry, I need to eat. Yeah, and, and what... Bart is talking about is that uh, the producer Nina Jack gave us all this merch from the show, like mugs and t-shirts and stickers and buttons and stuff. Right. And, uh, and when we had the fan meetup that evening, we um, tried to give, make sure everyone walked away with something. 
Yeah. 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 Huge thank you to Nina Jack. We had tons of great swag. Um, she corrected me. Apparently, you can still buy it on the uh, oh, okay. gear store. Oh, so, oh shit. Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't the last of it. It okay, wasn't the last of it. But I have to say that, yeah, I do regret that. But I have to say I am so happy to have my Dudley and Sons baseball hat. Like it makes oh me happy God. every time I put it on. Like, you know, I, I think it's the, oh, I got a pin too. But it was the only two pieces of swag that I that I kept. I wanted, you know, to disperse as much of it as possible. But I am just beyond thrilled that I came home with one of those hats. Oh, God, I got the Dudley and Son cap. I got a pink shirt. I got an Orbis shirt, and I have an Orbis coffee mug that I've been using every day since we got home. Damn. I I <laughs> somehow really got lucky with all the swag. I don't want to brag, but um, I got great swag. <laughs> uh, and so we're, re- we're referencing a fan meetup that also turned out to be awesome. Um, it was organized by the previously mentioned Claire, Queen of Donuts, um, and then also... Um, Michelle, Michelle is uh, Miss Geek, Miss Geek Media on Twitter, and Claire is uh, the Red Squirrel, Red Squirrel Red at Red Squirrel Red, um, and she her Claire hashtag Long Live Lodge Forty Nine. So they both really did put together, and they were super sweet and moved it from Sunday to Saturday to kind of align with the panel. And what Sam, Vic, David, Alex, Brett. And Brit all came, which I, I, I thought was amazing. Hats off to them, you know, like mm-hmm. super cool. Uh, we had a bunch of fans there. Uh, I'm not going to be able to do the, the, the full roll call, but just, you know, even coming in, we had two girls that I don't even, women, excuse me, uh, that I don't even think listen to the podcast much or whatever. She said one, that one of their dads said, I hear there's a Lynx meetup in Long Beach. And they were like almost two hours away. And they just basically hopped in the car, um, and they got there kind of late, but they got they still got to meet the cast. They still got to have a couple of drinks and have some laughs. So, like, yeah, it was uh, the fan meetup was also a cool part of the night or day. Yeah, I was gonna. I, yeah, I, I thought it was also really interesting to meet a lot of the people I read on Twitter who are like talking about the lodge and stuff like that. It was it was really great to meet the fans as well. Um, Cheryl, of course, right? There's Claire and Cheryl, right? Yep. Uh, yep. Okay. It's, um, when, yeah, I don't know. It was, I don't know. It was really nice meeting the people who like it as well, you know? And Cheryl ended up being a, a super fan net hub nexus because obviously she's a large 49 super fan. Um, she has her, her own podcast, uh, movies that made us and she's, she submitted an audio drop for the show after the cancellation. So she's actually been on this pod before. Uh, but, it, she let slip in conversation that she's a super fan for this uh, sort of neo-rockabilly artist, J.D. McPherson, who my wife Mary did the press for for a long time. And she's like a mega fan of that. So I snapped a picture of her because she had a J.D. McPherson scarf. So like I had a little a super fan nexus there, you know, when worlds collide moment. So that was kind of funny. And what we, we have to mention what Cheryl did, too, with the the locations. Oh yes, I was that yes, was amazing. That was a big, and that that leads us into Sunday. I don't know if we want to jump to Sunday yet, but that will be a part of our Sunday discussion. That she and a few of the other fans drove around, or I, yeah, I think she did it with friends first, mapped it out, and then like took some people on a tour. Yeah. So she produced this handouts of several pages that listed in detail all these locations 
in Long in well, they weren't all in Long Beach. Uh, some of them were in nearby communities, but um, where scenes were filmed or exteriors were filmed for the show, and uh, just such a handy like for anyone who wanted to like go around and and see some spots like the lodge and uh, this El Confidente mural um, on a building and. Uh, also, the donut Ernie's shop. Ernie's house. Yeah. <clears throat> the donut shop is in Atlanta. Yeah, the donut shop oh. is in Atlanta. Oh, I thought they yeah. had the little mini mall. No? No. There's actually someone on Instagram now who's who just went to Atlanta and who um, went to the mini mall where all that stuff was filmed. And a lot of the stuff was still there. And the, the they were allowed in. And they posted all these photos. Let me, yeah, the, um, he's on Twitter as well. You can get him in both Twitter and Instagram. Okay, I was going to try to... I couldn't remember the name of the account right off the bat. Um, but well, I can come back to that. But um, yeah, Cheryl put a lot of work into that, and that was a really great uh, benefit to have. Yeah, I know a couple other fans were taking advantage of it. We'll... I'll talk a little bit more of this just sort of in the sort of business section at the end, but we'll put a link to the, it's in a Google doc. So if you want it, we'll, we'll put a link in the show notes. So if you want if you're going to be in the area or you're in the area already, or you're live in Southern California, we'll get it to you so you can use. And yeah, that does transition us into Sunday a little bit. We went back to the expo, hung out, kind of did some shopping, just kind of, you know, kind of a more uh, fun, lazy way, took in the expo. And then we hit these hotspots. Uh, our friend Matt had, rented a car, you know, which uh, we probably wouldn't have done if it had just been the three of us. So that was kind of cool because it kind of gave us the – I really love Sunday. First of all, we went to the – you can't skip the barge breakfast, right? We went to the breakfast – what was it called? Breakfast on a barge? What was it called? It's the barge restaurant or something. Yeah, I, don't, I yeah. forgot. It was basically I mean, out in the docks and piers. Uh, yeah. Totally good, kind of like salt of the earth, you know, like uh, marina culture style – uh, restaurant that was totally fun and, and local kind of set the mood for Sunday, you know, kind of laid down a vibe. Uh, and then we went back to the expo, did our thing there. And then we went and hit these spots and, you know, having a car, you know, Jim, this isn't going to be as unique to you, but like, and I've been there a little bit for work on and off of the last 10 years and barred a little less, but having a car and kind of kind of experiencing that kind of LA car highway travel you know the whole like i take the five to the 23 to the 39 and you know and everything is so like it's like america but but alien at the same time out the window so i i don't know like i loved i we had to drive jim to silver lake to drop him off at his airbnb i I love driving around i think we have to say hats off to matt army for that because um yeah. When we were talking about it, we were like, oh, I guess we'll just get Ubers. You want to get a car? We, we All three of us were like, nah, let's, we'll just get Ubers, I guess. And then Matt was the one who was like, no, let, I'm, I'll get a car and I'll meet you there. And then, you know, I think, Chris, you said like, well, as long as, long as you'll take care of the responsibility, I'm happy to, you know, pitch in. <laughs> and um, and yeah, wow, what a big difference that made because yeah that driving around that Sunday and I I think you're right you know like it is a big part of it I mean it's a big part of uh, Ernie's character right it's like driving on the freeways I mean you know if if car culture is part of it then that is part of it you know and thank god we had it because we were able to kind of you know go to different places and check them out and and you know 
from my perspective, Eat, which I really like. And, um, yeah, I love the barge, even with her. <laughs> it was... Uh, it was called the Chowder Barge. Chowder Barge. Chowder Barge. That's right. Yeah. You, you didn't know the barge. But. Yeah, you really want Bart's breakdown of the uh, waitress. <laughs> he has critiques, but he's going to skip over them. Yeah, uh, that's the, right. the, the, the great uh, The great coaster debacle of 2020. <laughs> it wasn't... Um, also, I didn't mind the coasters. I just... Uh, I just it was I just, a lot of coasters. It, it was, was a lot of coasters. She was putting out coasters for water. It's redundant. It was redundant. I just, table. just right. felt that she was... I, I felt for her that she was doing a lot of work she probably didn't need to do. And uh, it was an otherwise... Could, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I yeah. Was, when, yeah. Yeah. I, when servers are harried, I, 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 I feel for them. And uh, she didn't seem harried, but she uh, just seemed like she was giving herself a lot of work she didn't need to do. But, yeah, but the food was great. It was, it was I don't know. Like I said, all the I really loved every, like, kind of every meal we had. I was very shocked by that. Oh, that's right. That sparked, that sparked we had a <laughs> whole discussion about uh, systems design. The Bart, Bart was like, I don't know what you guys are talking about until you went to, and then articulated her inefficiencies of her systems design <laughs> in, in table maintenance. I was like, yes, that's systems design. Um, yeah. Which yeah, also so that was give great. Her, just to give her credit, it's possible that the management of the restaurant makes the wait staff do that too, you know? No, I'll tell you this yeah, right now. Individual choice. She was very friendly and great, and I liked her a lot. But yes. she did get bailed out by the other server in the back, who I think has probably been there a lot longer. And then when she wasn't able to kind of do things that she kind of needed to do, the other server saw it and kind of went out and kind of put out fires. And like that, Liz, that would be like Liz. Liz at Shamrocks would be the right, one who's like right. helping the other person because she's the pro and she knows what right. she's doing. And very generously, too. Like, n- nobody was like, stop doing what you're doing. And nobody yelled at her or anything like that. And what, and what she was doing wasn't uh, obnoxiously wrong. It was just like, it, it just seemed like she was very brand new. And then the other okay, server, we're going off on a tangent here. All right, anyway. But yeah. Go ahead, Jim. Uh, I was going to say that that Instagram account, and who you, you said is on Twitter, too, it's higher stakes, higher dot stakes. Um, that they went and uh, to Atlanta and they have all these photos from the strip mall and being able to go inside the locations. There's the pawn shop and then uh, the Dudley shop and stuff. And this might delay us posting this podcast a slight bit, but this is a good place to interject. We plan on loading the show notes up with like a huge photo album of our photos, a bunch of links. There's some great stuff like from the cast did like a like quick video thing on Instagram about them, you know, getting ready for the panel and the, and of course the quick video of the shots being taken. We really are going to get all that stuff into the show notes. So you can, if you really want to nerd out and deep dive, uh, you know, us in front of the lodge, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, really look in the show notes. We're going to put a bunch of stuff there. We'll put a link to the guy's Instagram, you know, where he's got the Atlanta coverage, et cetera, et cetera. Let's uh, go out on this. What's the thing about the, the weekend you're going to remember, you know, you know, just sort of lodged itself now in the memory banks, you know, when you're sitting on some rocking chair reflecting on your life, a life that was lived. Uh, that's a little too deep. I don't know. <laughs> hot dog sandwiches. <laughs> the hot dog sandwiches is up there for sure. Uh, Although they made sure we don't make it to the rocking chair. 
<laughs> I don't know. I guess I would just say that, like, the fact that the whole thing happened is something that I would look back on my life and be like, that was an awesome weekend and something I'm kind of proud of. Um, you know, because we, you know, we started the podcast and then it led to this thing where we went out there for the weekend and it was a it was a total blast and a like kind of like a you know. <laughs> bachelor weekend on some levels but obviously very tame because of our age and um <laughs> i don't know uh, just the fact that it existed i think is something i would look back on i don't know it, it was really a wild fun weekend that i look back on very fondly so i don't know yeah it's like a lost weekend but you know psst, not that lost it was not it was very tame <laughs> Some edibles and, um, you know, staying up till 2 a.m. is not exactly lost weekend. It's some red vines. uh, It's about as lost as we're going to get to a certain degree. At this point, yeah. Jim, anything? What's your rocking chair moment? As you mentioned, I I did get more time to hang out with the actors and drink, which I did. I feel bad about that. That was a regret. I was like, oh, I should have spelled you at the table so you would have had time to to spend more time with with them as well. Um, but I, I do appreciate the time I had. It was fun. And, uh, I will remember that fondly for a long time. I think mine is pretty similar to Bart's. I think I might like attribute it to the show a little bit, like, like that we have, you know, and I, I use, I, I use, use the word hit with all of the air quotations that you can mentally wrap around it, but like that we had, a successful enough podcast that we were asked to do that. Um, And, and actually, you know, uh, give ourselves a little bit of credit are part of the culture of the show to a large degree, you know, Mm -hmm. which is kind of amazing, you know, all the specifics, which are all awesome about the show itself or about the weekend, you know, I could name, but just the fact that I think to some degree we're part of the narrative of the show, part of the culture and, and, and of the fandom and of the show. And so that to me is like a kind of like, you know, you do something because you enjoy it. You do something because you want to share the passion. You should do something because it's an interest So to see it translate in any way that way, you know, is pretty cool and pretty cool. That would be my rocking chair moment. Yeah. Not to mention, I think that um, I really believe that the show will kind of grow in fandom as time goes on. I mean, it's obviously a, it's going to be a larger cult classic as time goes on. I think I think it kind of is one now. And I don't think there's any danger of it being like dated or, you know, it doesn't it doesn't ascribe to those rules where it could possibly end up like that. I mean, it's kind of a classic for reasons that are beyond, um, you know, the age that it's in anyway. So there's no doubt in my mind that the show will continue to gain a larger audience over time. And at the very least, people who are exposed to it will also, they'll be like, wow, what a great show. And then we'll always have that little place in it. You know, like that's uh, that's a pretty big uh, achievement in my small life that I'm psyched about. Yeah, our our debut episode is still, I think our third most played episode of all time, which sort of leads me to believe that like people that discover the show discover a path to the podcast as well and start from the first episode. I think that's one of the reasons it has that first episode, which, you know, is like a little bit, oof, you know, a little bit cringeworthy now for us to think about. But, <laughs> but, so, but, um, but whatever, hey, like I get think, started, you know? Yeah. And people are starting on, you know, that, that that's why that one gets a lot of hits because people start there. 
super cool. Um, you know, put it kind of put a cap cap on this magical weekend. Uh, sorry if we were annoying and you couldn't be there, and it just is like frustrating to you. So we apologize. Such a for great that. time. Yeah, it's awesome, bro. Um, also, I dressed I dressed up as a narwhal briefly. There was oh my too. god, yes, all the that's right. How could we forget that? Uh, this is why I'm so excited about our uh, curated links in our show notes because and that that may even uh, and I think that's definitely going to be the show thumbnail. So look forward to that. Get that in your podcast. Holy app, shit! Curated links. L i n k s l y n s. I never, I never thought of that, but that's. I'll change the name in the show notes. I'll call it that. Signs and symbols everywhere. Doors are opening. Yeah. Well, doors are opening into our next piece of Pod Forty Nine content, which we wanted to preview and talk about a little bit. I'm not exactly sure how we're going to do it, so maybe we even talk about that. But there's a lot of excitement for doing a Middlemen book club. Middlemen, of course, is the short story collection. Written by Jim Gavin, I think it was his first. Well, it was his first book. He had been published in New Yorker and had short stories and those kind of publications. Um, but this was his first collection, and uh, it, it mines much of the same territory of of Lodge Forty Nine. And you know, you can almost there's so many echoes of Lodge Forty Nine, or, or like the, really the seeds of ideas and characters and themes that, that obviously play out on the larger canvas of the show. And so we're going to do a book club. Uh, we've all read it, right? You guys have both finished it, correct? Yeah. Yep. Probably reread it in either total or parts to get ready for the book club. But we've been talking about some ways to do this. Um, maybe we'll start off. What are you guys most excited about sort of talking amongst ourselves and possibly even with fans about the book? Um, well, I was an English major in college uh, a long time ago. And so I am very much looking forward to I would like to just do uh, story by story. You know, we'll just focus on one and talk about it like it's an English class for a second, you know, like. To me, that would be very enjoyable, and also I already read it once, and uh, and I loved it. So, like, if we were to like read one at a time and like break it down and go into different parts of it, I, to me that would be almost as good as talking about the show, you know. So, like, you know, I don't know, like that's that's something I would look forward to. Jim, what you got? You know, what, what you what you're sort of excited to dive into about the book? Yeah, just kind of the same as what Bard said, but um, yeah, it's it's just interesting, interesting to me in reading it after the show ended, and that a lot of the things that we brought up during our podcast earlier on also reflected very much in this book, like um, the you know references to Catholicism and. Um, just the kind of, you know, literary um, references he makes. And there's, yeah, there's just certain things that really spoke to me in every story in different ways about, like, you know, uh, connections I could make to to experiences I've had in my life um, and places I've lived and people I've known and stuff. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about all that. Yeah, I'll zoom in. I kind of the thinking about what you just said there. You know, it's so funny because you know the three of us have been friends for a good long time now, and not exclusively, but a, a key thing of that friendship was this apartment complex, a treehouse of boys. Even oh was, god, you know, you go. <laughs> about you know <laughs> had plenty of female uh, uh, residents over the years. Um, 
But we all spent time there. Bart and I spent a lot of time there. Jim lived there and then also spent a lot of other free time there. And that story about the band that lives together in the... In the uh, what's the name of that one, Jim? You got the book in front of you. Um, I have the book. Uh, so there's that, that one, one story which yeah. really like resonated with me because that, like, that kind of... That reminded me of that sort of primordial soup of our friendships and our personalities and why we would even like Lodge 49 to a degree. So like that particular story, I love the whole thing. So don't get me wrong, but that, you know, in terms of like the, the connection to the life I've lived, that story like was like super fascinating, especially as it like relates to, you know, how we ended up here in this podcast. Yeah. uh, It's called Bermuda. Bermuda. That's right. So I think we've made, we made one decision, which was, we're not just going to talk about the whole book in one one podcast or whatever. So we will break it up, whether we do two stories per thing or one or whatever, we, we'll, we can still think about and talk about. But we are going to break the book club into, you know, into second sections in some way organized by the stories, whether we double dip or single dip, we'll figure out later. So I think we're definitely trending that way. A couple ways we might do it, and I'll, I'll get you guys kind of like live reaction to this. And then, of course, you know, we'd love to get feedback from listeners about how you might want to do it. I figure there's... We could do it, one, just sort of straight up. We solicit, we do some polls, we solicit fan questions, and we just do a regular podcast where we talk about the story and we probably get bring in some, some uh, community feedback would be one way. Second way is we could try like uh, Twitch or Google Hangout Live YouTube broadcast or something else that's kind of like a, a live streamed pod, Facebook Live even. There's many ways we could do it. Um, and then we could probably take in call-ins or at least people – we could at least be re- reading, you know, real-time instant messages for questions. And, and we would we would put the audio up later so that you could download it and listen to it later. But it would be a live experience and that would give people a chance to interact even more. We could also – in thinking Bart's, you know, let's go back to English class type of vibe – we could use Zoom and almost create like we could almost have like a Socratic seminar type of setup where we get 15, 20 people, figure some way to curate them in or just first come, first serve or whatever. And then we'd all be in basically the same virtual room and seeing each other and being able to screen share or maybe like bring in images or whatever. It would be more of a kind of a seminar classroom like environment which we would also record um and probably even do the and record the video of audio and video and post in some way so that people could still enjoy it wouldn't be just for the 15 people but it would be more of an experience for those people that were in that and i guess quite frankly if we're going to split the stories up we could even experiment experiment with that over the course of like how we do a couple of the different stories so that's at least where my head's at any any does that you know, you guys already kind of sparked a good idea of breaking it up, but what, what's resonating with you all about how we might do it? Do you want to open it up for, um, you know, uh, suggestions from people? Yeah, we'd love feedback out there in the world. Uh, maybe we can do some formal polls. Although as I'm sort of talking myself into the idea of doing all of those things, you know, with some different combo. stories. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I feel like... You know, I would be willing to do one episode per story. I thought, but my my instinct is like, oh, we could do, you know, we could double them up or. But you know, I don't know, Bart. You, uh, you kind of wanted to do single single 
yeah. one to one, right? Yeah, I, I feel pretty strongly about it, and I'll go with the flow, obviously. But my feeling is that, like, uh, you know, it's sort of like I really like talking about one episode per time. And I don't see why, like, one short story per time is any different. Especially there's only, you know, seven, right? And then... And, yeah, and, there's not and that I, many. And I two, of them see, are, two of them are paired. Yeah, the two at the end that are paired, mm-hmm. we could do as w- one longer episode. Um, but that's my feeling about it. And I think also if we're talking about an episode and it relates to other, I mean, uh, one of the stories and it relates to one of the other stories we can do, we can talk about that for sure. But I, I don't know. It seems to me that each one of those stories is individually interesting and that we could, um, focus a whole episode on that. I mean, not to mention that like, you know, there is like, uh, you know, like the, the early stories are of like an earlier, a younger man and then like a sort of a little bit older man and then like an older man, you know, like there is a progression to the uh, main character of all the stories is that that character gets older as time goes on, as the stories go on. So um, I don't know, to me it would make complete sense to just sort of do it like that and it doesn't seem overly indulgent. I mean, it's, this is not like, um, uh, this is, George R.R. R. Martin and he's got 37 books, you know, before he <laughs> starts, you know, like it's not one of those kinds of things where there's lots of pre prologues and all this kind of stuff. I, you know, it's a very compact thing. It's, it's seven short stories, the last two of which are kind of connected. So like to me, I, I'd be fine just kind of splitting them up that way. That makes the most yeah, sense I'd to me. I'd be okay with that. I'd be okay with that. All right. Well, that look for, I think we got our ideas are popping. I think the reality is we probably will try like a a YouTube live or a Twitch or you know where we do kind of almost like a live call in show variety. I think we will do like kind of Socratic seminar and Zoom. I kind of like the idea of actually doing kind of a traditional podcast on the, on the Bermuda story and actually letting Jim Bart and I kind of get it. You know, kind of like go into our past a little bit through the construct of that story. That we can actually just do an entire podcast of my old girlfriends. If that's what yeah. you want, Chris. <laughs> yeah, bacon lips, carrot top. I mean, you know, the, the there's, there's no end. There's no end in sight <laughs> of all my. Can you even tell the story about how Jim got his room in, in uh, the Treehouse of Boys <laughs> to begin with? I mean, yes. And then lost um, it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, so we. Deep, let's go. So, long story short, is uh, we're going to. We're going to have at least five, probably more like seven um, podcasts out of the book club. We'll be coming in with more details. We'll also be asking for feedback about what you'd like to see. So be looking for that. We'll put uh, anything on that we in the show notes. But mostly, like, obviously, the Twitter account is where a lot of that interactivity goes. And we, we spark some conversations. The other thing to keep an eye out for is we got a lot of leftover Jeff Richman prints and Pod 49 stickers. Um, I'm putting together just kind of a small fundraiser for the uh, now the cleanup from the Australian fires. And uh, Alethea Jones gave us some names of some good charities. And then also the 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 poor, uh, the, the um, earthquake in Puerto Rico. 
So we're going to do some, you know, if you basically if you give some money to disaster relief for either of those efforts, uh, we've got some some Jeff Ritzman and some Pod Forty Nine swag packs that will that will send your way. So it'll be in the show notes and on Twitter. Uh, I'm still kind of putting that together, so we'll get that out there soon. Might even be out before this podcast drops. Who knows? But either way, you can find details in the show notes. Um, so we kind of know where we've been. We know where we're going. Uh, and you got anything uh, you want to say before we sign off? Uh, yeah, thank, thanks, Jeff, for those prints. They're really beautiful. And, um, yeah, I just wanted I, – you guys are very good at remembering everybody that, like, helped us along the way and stuff like that. So before we go, I just wanted to say that was a very nice gesture, and I really appreciate it. Jeff, those prints are uh, brilliant. Great. Yeah, I can't wait to get mine framed. Yeah, me yeah. too. They deserve put, frames, right, not just the wall tack. I'm going to put one up in the bar. Yep. Oh, are you? That's a good. That's oh, a good awesome. touch. Yeah. yeah. All right, Jim. Any parting shots? Any uh, 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 slow burn takes? Just you know, yeah. Thank you, everybody who came out to see us. The whole thing was surreal. I guess it happened. It uh, seems like a dream, and um, you know, look forward to uh, next year's when we can do another panel. Yeah, hey man, our boy Longo thinks there's going to be more. So yeah, like, we're uh, yeah, he knows where to find us. That's right. Yeah, you know, coming to a panel near you. All right, so we will uh, see you online. See you in the next episode. We're out. Mm-hmm.